Welcome back to The Disco, the FDA's soundcast in clinical oncology from the Oncology Center of Excellence. We are located in Silver Spring, Maryland, and during our soundcast, we discuss recent FDA approvals of cancer drugs and therapies. We hope this information will help you in better understanding these approvals and how new drugs and therapies are benefiting cancer patients. I'm Dr. Abhi Nair, a medical oncologist at the Oncology Center of Excellence, and I'm joined by my colleague, Dr. Sanjeev Bala, also a medical oncologist and a clinical team leader at FDA. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Today, we will discuss the approval of ivocidinib marketed as Tibsovo for adult patients with relapsed or refractory acute myeloid leukemia with a susceptible IDH1 mutation as detected by an FDA-approved test. Sanjeev will now start off by giving us a background for relapsed or refractory AML treatment in general and specifically IDH1-positive AML. Thanks, Abhi. Traditionally, patients with relapsed or refractory AML will undergo intensive salvage chemotherapy, and if a complete remission is achieved, this is followed by allogeneic hematopoietic stem cell transplantation. For younger adult patients without prior stem cell transplantation, about half in first relapse will achieve a second complete remission, and if they proceed to stem cell transplantation, five-year survival is about 40%. However, many patients with relapsed AML cannot tolerate intensive salvage chemotherapy, and older, refractory, or multiply relapsed patients have much poorer outcomes. Complete remission rates in studies of relapsed or refractory AML, including intensive and non-intensive treatment options, were as low as 12 to 18%, with median overall survival of only 3 to 6 months. So obviously there's a need for newer treatments for patients with relapsed or refractory AML. The mechanism of action of this newly approved agent takes us back to our biochemistry classes. The isocitrate dehydrogenases are enzymes that catalyze the oxidative decarboxylation of isocitrate to alpha-ketoglutarate during cellular metabolism. Mutations of the IDH1 isoform are found in 6 to 16% of patients with AML. These mutations are associated with AML occurring in patients with older age, higher platelet levels and normal cytogenetics, as well as those with NPM1 and FLT3-ITD mutations. Patients with relapsed or refractory AML that harbor IDH1 mutations also have a devastating prognosis. Although no prospective studies have addressed survival in this specific group, most retrospective data point towards poorer survival in these patients when compared to their wild-type counterparts. Abhi, let's dig into the data. Let's hear about the trial that led to this approval. Ivocidinib was approved based on an open-label, single-arm, multi-center clinical trial that included 174 adult patients with relapsed or refractory AML. These patients had the IDH1 mutation confirmed using the Abbott real-time IDH1 assay. Ivocidinib was given orally at a starting dose of 500 mg daily until disease progression, unacceptable toxicity, or hematopoietic stem cell transplantation. The median treatment duration was 4.1 months with a range of 0.1 to 39.5 months. 12% of patients received a stem cell transplant following ivocidinib treatment. What were the endpoints for the single-arm trial, Abhi? Sanjeev, the endpoints were the rate of complete remission, or CR, plus complete remission with partial hematologic recovery, or CRH, the CR plus CRH duration, and the rate of conversion from transfusion dependence to independence. I think we're ready to hear those trial results. Sure. The CR plus CRH rate was 32.8% and the median time to response was 2 months, with a range from 0.9 months to 5.6 months. The median response duration was 8.2 months. The CR and CRH rates were 24.7% and 8% respectively. What about the transfusion independence results? Sanjeev, those were encouraging as well. Among the 110 patients who were dependent on red blood cell or platelet transfusions at baseline, 41 patients, or 37%, became independent of RBC and platelet transfusions during any 56-day post-baseline period. 
Abby, I know you mentioned the patients were selected for the IDH1 mutation using a specific test. Was that test also approved by the FDA, and is it commercially available for practicing oncologists? Yes. At the time of this approval, FDA also simultaneously approved the Abbott real-time IDH1 assay for use in selecting patients for treatment with ivocidinib, making it commercially available for oncologists to order in their offices. And what about the safety of ivocidinib? The approved label contains a boxed warning for an adverse reaction called differentiation syndrome. Differentiation syndrome is due to the rapid proliferation and differentiation of myeloid cells and may be life-threatening or fatal if not treated. The FDA label has more details on the management of this adverse reaction. Other labeled warnings for ivocidinib include QT prolongation and the Gamboray syndrome. What are the most common adverse reactions of ivocidinib? The most common adverse reactions were fatigue, leukocytosis, arthralgia, diarrhea, dyspnea, edema, nausea, mucositis, QT prolongation, rash, pyrexia, cough, and constipation. Abby, what's the recommended dose and regimen for ivocidinib? Sanjeev, the recommended ivocidinib dose is 500 mg orally once daily with or without food until disease progression or unacceptable toxicity. For patients without disease progression or unacceptable toxicity, treatment is recommended for a minimum of six months to allow time for clinical response. Abhi, can you summarize the three main takeaway points from this disco? Sure. The three main takeaway points are, one, ivocidinib is FDA-approved for patients with relapsed or refractory acute myeloid leukemia who harbor the IDH1 mutation as detected by the FDA-approved test. Two, the test to detect the IDH1 mutation was also simultaneously FDA-approved, making it commercially available to oncologists. And three, the recommended ivocidinib dose is 500 mg orally once daily with or without food until disease progression or unacceptable toxicity. You can find more details in the prescribing information, which is also online at Drugset FDA. For a transcript with a link to the prescribing information and the multidisciplinary team of FDA experts who conducted the review, visit the FDA Oncology Center of Excellence DISCO website at fda.gov disco. And so, to our listeners, are there other FDA oncology drug approvals that you want to hear about? Leave us your questions and comments on Twitter at FDA Oncology, or send us an email. Our email address is fdaoncology at fda.hhs.gov. I'm Sanjeev Bala. Thanks for joining us at the Disco. And until next time at the Disco, I'm Abhi Nair. 